To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn all through your brokerage account. Secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Forgive me. It is not here. I had assumed he mind-melded with you. It is the Vulcan way when the body's end is near. We were separate. He couldn't touch me. I see. And everything that he was, everything he knew, is lost. Please wait. He would have found a way if there was that much at stake. Spock would have found a way. Yes. But how? What if he joined with someone else? JHairPositiveSarcasm.com Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studios Happy Wednesday, everybody You can find me on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm Parlor at POS Sarcasm Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm Or if you just want to be my friend Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm You can also find me on TikTok at Positive Sarcasm YouTube channels Positive Sarcasm And Positive Sarcasm Podcast Happy Wednesday, everybody Hope the coffee is nice and strong We got a Nor'easter Dude, we got a fucking Nor'easter coming in, dude uh, Right now, I look like uh, Mitch Hedberg Uh is uh, delivering presents for Santa Claus. Um, I bought a donut, and they gave me a receipt for the donut. We do not need to bring pen and paper into this. But you can find me on all social media right now. I can't see shit with these aviators on right now. Uh, but, yeah, so I have, hope you're all having a good week. I hope you are all watching the stock market. Ah, full disclosure, I so screwed up. I sold early. Okay, sometimes, sometimes... There are some stocks that between 9 a.m. and 9.30, it's called pre-market trading. 
and you are some stocks generally will uh, will not partake in pre-market trading. They will not move very much. Generally, the market starts trading at full capacity at 9.30 a.m. in the morning. I had a stock that I bought at 7.60, 7.60 per share and then sold it the next day at 7.82. And then I had a chance to buy it again at 7.62. Some stocks are very cyclical. So for example, they basically just go up and down and you can pretty much time when they're gonna go down or what number to buy at and what number to sell at to make easy cash. I do this all the time. It's totally legal. It's just you, as long as you don't, if you're not day trading, it's totally, as long as you buy one day and sell the next day, it's perfectly fine. So I bought at 762, uh, bought at 760 the first time, sold at 782, and then I had a chance to pick up again at 762. And because I was, I bitched out, and I've done this before with this stock. I've done it before with this stock. This time, I didn't pull the trigger at 762. I didn't pick up, pull the trigger at 770. I didn't pull the trigger at 780. The next morning on the news, this stock had gone up 20%. So do the math. Say a stock goes up a buck and a half per share. How many shares you have equals that much money. And it was the next day, so I could have sold it at pre-market trading for a ton of cash, and I didn't do it. So... Sometimes it's sometimes it's good to sell because the stock will drop off immediately. Sometimes it's good to hold on to a stock. But this was a stock that was in a cyclical format and I should have known better to at least hold on to at least pull the trigger at the number even though this market's flat, this stock behaves very cyclically. It was an easy purchase. I didn't do it and I missed out on cash. It happens all the time. Especially with me and especially with this stock. Um so look, it is very simple if you are paying attention to the stock market and you see these cyclical stocks and you add them to your portfolio, it's an easy way to make quick cash. Uh, there's a lot of ways to make quick cash. As long as you pay attention and you follow patterns and you are willing to say yes to a lot of things, there's a lot of ways to make money. And I talk to you about money all the time because there's a lot of ways to save it. There's a lot of ways to make it on the side. And there's a lot of ways to pay down your debt if you are focused on that. If you're too busy just getting a subscription to this and, and not being able to uh, afford that or overpaying for this or just there's so many ways to make and save money that I find it foolish right now that every that there are I do feel bad for people who have settled their claim. They settle a stake in like New York or California or Pennsylvania or New Jersey where nothing is really open. And they've placed, they put their lives in, into a passion in like a, a restaurant or something or a store that can't open or a gym. There's like one uh, gym owner in New Jersey who's getting fined over $1 million because he refuses to close his gym. It, it, but for those people aside, for those of us who have made it to the end of 2020, there is so much, there's so many ways to make money. So many ways to make money if you just keep an, an eye open to it. Working just a full-time job is not going to cut it for you right now. It's You know, my opinion is never going to cut it for you. There are a lot of ways to easily make cash, whether it's, it seems like, now, Gary Vanderchuk, who is, sometimes doesn't exactly tell you how to make money, is right when he tells you there are opportunities right in front of you to make cash. You just don't realize it. And in the, especially in the state that I live in, we are incredibly wasteful. Whether it comes to uh, buying multiple subscriptions for streaming channels, whether there are um, memberships to places that we don't necessarily need to go to, 
whether there are initial investments that need to be made in order to save money in the long run, whether there are apps, whether they are tracking apps where you do shopping and you get coupons for things that you purchase, or if there is, uh, like for example, you use the Brave app. The Brave is a, uh, it's an, it's a web browser that you can use and it sends you, it sends you money like, uh, you basically it, it it takes what it takes the information that you use on the on the browser and then takes that and then turns it into cash basically you can follow it it turns like it turns like uphold currency or cryptocurrency and then it sends it to you right to your uh, to your bank account that's one way of doing it so there are easy ways passive income to do this that require no initial investment so no no initial investment whatsoever you literally just use the app or use the browser and you can make money because your data is the most valuable thing. There are other ways to do it, such as investing in the stock market and taking a few small dollars and turning it into something bigger. And you just have to look at the opportunities, do your research, do your studying, studying. and right now with the market as flat as it is, there are still tons of opportunities to make money. You, will n you may never see uh, in your lifetime something like this again, where the market got so crushed that you weren't able to invest pennies on the dollar and have a huge portfolio going forward. If you were just paying attention to that, instead of investing in uh, wasting your time watching fucking, I don't know, something on Hulu, you could have been reading and studying and investing. Like there's an example, like I have, there's a bunch of like spare parts are given to me all the time. People reach out to me all the time. Hey, do you need this? Do you need that? I have this. I don't, I'm not going to do anything with it. Do you want it? Yes, I do. So they'll leave me boxes of stuff. Some stuff I'll use and some stuff I'll sell. Now it's very easy because people are looking for these specific things. It could be anything. It could be an it could be a watch. It could be a remote. It could be uh, cables. Whatever it is, I'll find use for it in three categories. One, I'll throw it off the roof and make a commercial out of it. Two, I will uh, put it on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace and sell it. Three. I will utilize it in the spare parts studios as a cable or a piece of software or a piece of hardware that I can use for whatever reason. So there's opportunities here. Here's another thing. If you were just smart enough to do your research and and see if there's a need out there for, for things that... Chase, would you fucking... Go sit down. Go sit down. I got to do this every time with you. Go. Stay there. Thank you. Here's a perfect example. Um, I talked about how there was this these channels on YouTube of these guys that use Legos as a stop-motion animation. Well, that requires a ton of Lego product, a ton of Legos. Now, there was this one kid, and I saw this on, what was it on air? No, it was, it was this one. It was about an 18-year-old kid who was making, oh, he made more than $30,000 in about three years. He's an 18-year-old kid. What the fuck does he know about money? Well, apparently, apparently, more than me. He made more than 30 grand in about three years selling Legos online. How did he do it? The, okay, another example of how to be creative in a way to make money. So, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, the, about the Lego stop motion, I talked about it in last uh, in Sunday's podcast. We're basically, uh, go on YouTube and look up Lego stop motion animation. And you can look up, the, it, what will come up is all kinds of wartime battles or war stuff, like World War II. Like, you can watch, like, the invasion of Normandy 
but using Lego animation. So number one, it teaches you about history. And number two, it shows you the creativity that can be done with Legos. But this kid made $30,000 in about three years selling Legos online. So he, what he did was he started selling Legos online for on a whim on using eBay, my favorite website. In 2007, 14-year-old Matthew Fiore was too young to get a job, still really eager to make some money. The local ice cream shop wouldn't for, uh, hire him, but it occurred to him he could sell some of his duplicate Legos. I've been building Legos ever since I was young, about four years old, he says. I never grew out of it. He amassed a mass collection of pieces. Legos, just to let you know, are not cheap. They're not. Most Lego sets, I mean, you can get smaller ones for like five, ten bucks. But if you go back and like look at some of the bigger sets, it's hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to buy these sets. For anything, they have medieval time Legos. They have pirate Legos. They have modern-day police station fire department Legos. They have Star Wars Legos. They have Star Trek Legos. They have ARS, uh, They have uh, Lego Technica uh, Legos. They have all kinds of Legos. And the, they are in series. So once they discontinue them, you can't find these anymore, which makes them even more valuable depending upon how you package them. That was the key. How did he package them? He sold his Lego pieces over the course of six or so months. Uh, he brought, let's see. So selling his old Lego pieces over the first of six or so months, he, he earned about 200 bucks. Cool. He was about to turn 18. And then he turned his side hustle into a business, blah, 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 through he, which he sells different Lego sets and minifigures online, both on eBay and through his Lego marketplace, BrickLink. So he started grossing more than $30,000. So how did he do it? All right. So for example... When you see some of these large, um, okay, good. When you see some of your uh, large, like capacity um, Lego sets, like there are Lego conferences, and there are you see these uh, sets they make, they build. It requires a lot of specific pieces. So he talks about like stormtroopers. So there's some people that need specific. When you want to do like a set of stormtroopers, you need obviously whenever if you've ever watched stormtroop, uh, if you've ever watched Star Wars, there's a lot of stormtroopers. So you have to you can't just depict one; you have to depict like twenty or thirty, five hundred. Well, what he does is he buys specific packages of stormtroopers, and then he takes all the stormtroopers out, puts them all together, and then he sells just a collection of stormtroopers, five, ten, twenty a piece, whatever it is. You can go and check it out, but then people are just buying specifically stormtroopers. They're not buying all the additional pieces that come with that package. So if you buy like, uh, for example, I have like one Lego thing left. It's like a speeder from, uh, from Empire Strikes Back and it comes with a little dude. Well, if you take the little dude out and then you get like a bunch of other little dudes, you can sell just the little dudes separately as a package for whatever price that he sees fit. Somebody will buy those. Or if you're just looking for, uh, if you want to buy all those speeders but not the little dudes, you could just sell all the, the speeders. Or if you're looking for, uh, you want to create a rogue squadron and you just want the rogue squadron, not all the other pieces, you can just sell a whole rogue squadron of X-Wings. I mean, this is just an idea. He's taking, he's buying a package, he's separating it, and he knows the market of what people are looking for. And then he, go, and then he caters to that and he makes his money. This is in three years, you average it out, that's $10,000 a year. $10,000 a year. There are people with, with fucking stock portfolios that don't pay that out. So when you think about it, there are ways to make money. 
if you see a chair on the side of the fucking road, it guess what? The stupid here's, here's the here's some real logic. People are always online looking to buy chairs. I don't understand it, and I don't need to. Don't don't ever think to yourself, why would somebody ever want to buy that? Somebody's already looking for it, and if you price it low enough, somebody will buy it. Somebody will buy it. You and you can prove that to yourself by going on Facebook Marketplace, by going on Craigslist, and by going on eBay and Mercury. And looking at the listings for those specific products. And if you see a ton of those products with a price next to them, that means that somebody's buying them because somebody's selling them. So you take those items. If you see a chair on the side of the road, it looks pretty good. Throw it in the back of your car. You never know. You're like, all right, well, I got managed to. How much time in, do, do you invest in picking up that item, putting it in your car, cleaning it up, and posting it? And maybe, nothing, and maybe it doesn't equate to 15 to 20 bucks an hour because apparently from what I understand Starbucks is going to pay all their employees $15 an hour good luck to you on that but maybe it'll equate to 10 bucks an hour maybe it took you 10 minutes to take that chair stick it in the back of your car bring it back throw some fucking Windex on it and make it look halfway decent and then throw it up online for five ten dollars next thing you know you get a hit hey is that available yeah great you pick it up great you just made five ten bucks you can now put money in your gas tank. Maybe you find something else. People are always, I'm always going for walks in the morning. I see people putting dinner tables out. Dinner tables, glassware, all kinds of shit. They just leave it out there. They just leave it out there. Why wouldn't you, if you're looking for cash or you're cash strapped, do you really want to rely on some other source that you can't control? Oh, I hope I get my stimulus check. This is why people like me have not only survived, but have succeeded is because I have taken advantage of these small opportunities and I take in I take in a ton. So what do you what are you people complaining about? What are you people complaining about when you 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 don't whether you don't make enough? Maybe you make too much. You ever think about that? Maybe you make too much money because I don't think you realize what you have because of the amount of money that you're shelling out. I think the one thing that's fucking people over right now is a car payment and a college loan. That's on you. My college loan, that's on me. My car payment, well, first of all, I'm perfectly okay with my car payment. I made a really good decision. I made a really good decision. I bought a car that's super reliable, fucking awesome, won't depreciate. The only downside about it is I can't drive it in the wintertime. But, like I said, I bought another car to supplement that because I knew the market, I knew it was available, and I knew where my money, and I knew what I had available to me. So this whole supplemental thing, I mean, let's just say, let's just say we get out of this whole nightmare that we're in, this whole pandemic or whatever. The market's going to increase. People are going to buy shit. The question is, will you have a portfolio when this is all over? Did you take advantage of the pandemic in terms of if there's blood on the streets, buy. And when people are buying again, what are you selling? Do you have any value? Do you have any value as a person or as a dealer in a post-pandemic world? Do you? Maybe you were maybe you had no value. Maybe you as a person had no value in a pre-pandemic world. Well, right now we're still in it. We are still in it. There's still opportunities to be had. Do you have any value after this? Can you have can you start up a cottage industry depending upon where you live? 
Okay, well, there's two things that you have to take into account. If you're trying to create a cottage industry based on food products, you can't do it within the city limits, most likely, because there's an ordinance for it. If you live outside the city limits or you're moving outside the city limits, it's much more legal. However, if you just want to make things and ignore any ordinances and you're just trying to make money, fuck it, do it. I don't care. You're just trying to make money, and I'm supporting you trying to make money. I don't care what you declare to the government. You just try to make money any way, shape, or form. Obviously, I can't advocate for selling drugs, but hey, if it works for you, good luck. Uh, but this kid literally just took Lego sets, parsed them, out, parsed, parsed them out to what he knew the market wanted, and sold them. And judging from some of these, uh, these pieces online, like these things that I watch for, what do you call it, for, you know, Lego, uh, uh, these, these stop motion animation, it, is, it requires a ton of different pieces and specific pieces. So if you are in a position and you, uh, to have supply where there is specific demand, then you're in a great position. Okay, let's just say you make $10,000 Let's say you make $10,000 as an 18-year-old, $10,000 a year, and let's say this lasts for 10 years, and you're 18, now 26, okay? So let's say you have $10,000 a year, and this lasts 10 years until the market dries up for this. Well, you now have $100,000. After taxes, you come up with, you have about 70 grand, 70, 75 grand, well, now you have to figure out what you're going to do with that rest of that money. Are you going to put it into a 401k? Are you going to put it into a Roth IRA? Are you going to put it into the stock market? Into a point where if you put, uh, if you put it into some into a specific sector of the market right now that's really down, it can explode in about six months. <coughs> COVID, and from there you can have a decent over time accumulating. Uh, portfolio. That's just one way of doing it. I'm always trying to stress to you guys, there's other ways to make money than just going to college, getting a degree, and then sucking dick at a corporate institution. You have to sell your soul. You have to understand, every job you go to requires a little bit of your soul. Every time you have to smile for some corporate photo, it takes a little something out of you. Every time you sign one of those things, diversity and inclusion, you're giving a little bit of yourself away. I'm trying to save yourself, save you guys from having to sell. You can sell everything from Lego pieces to fucking uh, Apple remotes to dinner table chairs. The only thing I don't want you to sell is your soul. So if you can get an opportunity to have enough money where you don't have to suck on the corporate teat for the long term, you might be able to save that soul of yours. That's what I'm hoping to do. So understand, understand your client, understand where the demand is right now. The demand is right now. Here's the thing. People are moving from California. People are moving from New York. People are moving from all these big cities. And they're moving to the rural areas. What are they doing? A lot, of a lot of them were leaving in a hurry. So what were they looking for? A place to live and shit to sit on. So they were more than willing to shell out quick cash for, for quick comforts. So dinner tables, futons. I had some stuff available because I'm consolidating for the big move that's quite possibly coming up. Now, I haven't announced that move quite yet. I'm about to, but not yet. Not everything is completely set in stone. Once I'm at the 90% marker where all I have to do is sign a few pieces of paper, then I will officially announce it. But until then, 
The Spare Parts Studio is still going to go underground for the next four months while I'll be recording from there, from the underground studio, until then. But I knew that since I was consolidating, I knew I had some stuff to sell because it was in good condition. I took care of it. And it was easy for me to make some quick cash to pay for whatever, whether it was gas or groceries or putting some in the stock market. Perfectly fine with me. Perfectly fine with me. You have to understand, there's a market out there for you to make extra cash. And it may not be um, a huge amount of money. A lot of you are not going to have huge businesses where you're going to be selling millions of dollars worth of fucking chairs you found on the side of the road. But it is going to be something that's going to fuel that extra part of your life that could use it. You know? So if maybe you have like uh you have something that you like to you maybe you do want to keep your Netflix but it's kind of stretching beyond your budget that extra 15 bucks a month. Or that Hulu is an extra few bucks a month or maybe you got a car that requires higher octane or a gas guzzler. Well, if you could find a way to supplement that income by selling a few extra things per month, then you know what? You can schedule that out. And then it's not such a hassle. And then you don't have to give up on the dream of owning that Audi S, uh, Audi S8 or uh, watching your favorite shit on Netflix or whatever. I don't know. Maybe you are because I'm not. A, I don't give a shit about Netflix. I've talked about you know you can cut the cord from everything. But there are people out there that's like I don't want to give it up. Well, you better find a way to supplement it. You better find a way to supplement. And as far as college goes, I think that is going the way of the dodo. It should get a lot cheaper. It should already be cheaper. And I want to divulge more things in the next coming months. There are other things about corporate America that are affecting not only just uh, technology and social media and things like that. It's also affecting healthcare. Now, I can't go into that into too much detail about that right now, about the whole healthcare system. But hopefully in the next... Um, five to six months. Hopefully I'm going to sit down, go over a few notes and do a solid podcast just about healthcare and talk to you all about the stuff that, um, that I can tell you for a fact about where your money, where your money goes, the deductibles, the actual rate of care, the quality of the care, and just go down that rabbit hole. But for now we're going to hold off, but I really do want to do that podcast one day and just let you know the, it, it, I'll let you know about let you know about it in its entirety. But before we got to Q and A today, I wanted to discuss with you that I did want to. Um, normally, I talk shit about Apple, but I want to go into detail about there was an incident. Uh, there was a riot at one of the uh, places where they make Apple products. But I kind of want to go expand upon it a little bit. But first, let me get to the actual article. It's by ARS Technica, which is actually a pretty decent site. Where let's see. Where did this take place? So iPhone factory workers say they haven't been paid. They caused millions of dollars in damages. Dramatic video shows employees smashing windows in response to pay disputes. So uh, workers protest at an iPhone manufacturing plant in India. They've caused up to $7 million in damages. Reported by Reuters. Uh, workers at the plant owned by the Taiwanese-based company uh, Wistron say they haven't been paid what they were promised and are demanding better working conditions. The Times of India has several on the ground reports and dramatic video of the protests. Uh, a majority of nearly 2,000 employees were working at the were exiting the facility after completing their night shift, went on a rampage, destroying the company's furniture, assembly units, and even attempted to set fire to vehicles. Uh, the Times of India uh, also 
details the salary workers were supposed to be getting within uh, report quoting an employee are saying while an engineering graduate was promised 21,000 RS I think that's ruples uh, which is $286 per month his or her salary has had been reduced to 200 uh, to 16,000 ruples $218 subsequently to, to RS blah 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 recent months Non-engineering graduate. Okay, so it's talking about the pay scale has been reduced dramatically. The salary being credited to our accounts have been reduced, and it was frustrating to see this. Some workers claim to have gotten monthly salaries of as little as five hundred, so six dollars and eighty cents. Wistron is one of Apple's top suppliers, and Apple says it is investigating the company to see if Wistron violated Apple's supplier guidelines. India is the world's second largest smartphone market uh, market after China, but India is an extremely competitive priced con conscious market that Apple has struggled in, only capturing about 3% of the market. One way for Apple to lower prices in India is to build phones locally, allowing it to dodge Indian import fees that are especially high on goods made in China. The Wistron plant naturally makes Apple's cheapest phone, the iPhone SE. So it's easy to shit on iPhone. There they go, screwing on their... This is not, like, first of all, when iPhone is just... Apple is just getting... They just have a contract with a supplier who says they can make the phone of this quality, this capacity, and in this amount of time. That's it. And they just oblige. And they, they sign a contract, and then they go from there. iPhone isn't... Apple is not necessarily responsible. Apple isn't responsible for the conditions of the place unless they knowingly know that it is a sweatshop. Like, for example, when Nike was, or probably still is, when they had a contract with a certain company that made their sneakers, but it turned out to be like fucking five-year-olds, you know, stitching these sneakers, you know, child labor laws. Well, it would be a big deal if Apple knew that Western was undercutting its employees. But it's not an app necessarily Apple's fault. Apple has so many contracts all over the world uh, with suppliers and in, uh, industrial places, with workers, and that's not under their umbrella. They just, for example, when you bought like a Dell back in the day, Dell came with Intel processors, and Dells would just be like, listen, we need a processor. You guys are leading. We'll sign a contract. You guys are. What if, in what if Intel was this company that made the processors, and they we're undercutting their employees. Intel, well, Dell will be like, well, we didn't know about this. We'll investigate it. Well, what if all, what if you go even further down the line? What if Dell said, we will sign a contract to have Intel processors in our computers. And then Intel was like, okay, well, we need these microchips and this silicone and this, and these gold stuff. All right, well, we need to sign contracts with all these other companies so we can get those supplies to put in our chips. So now they signed even more third-party contracts to get the to get the materials and to get the workers and to get the plants and the semiconductors. So those even more stuff, even more third-party sources that are even more disconnected from Dell. How the fuck is Dell supposed to know? How is Dell supposed to know? Tesla, the same thing. Tesla's like, Tesla's got, we need lithium supplies, we need cobalt supplies. So they sign contracts to places in Fremont, in pl places like Texas and Oklahoma and Berlin and China where they make the Model Y. How And then all this information, how is Tesla and all these companies, it's so much to keep track of, they're not going to be made aware of these human rights violations or these worker violations until after the fact. Because you have to think about it. Apple's not going to know about 
their uh, these third-party employees getting screwed over until this shit is already up on Twitter. So they're not going to know. They're not going to know until after the fact. So you can't plan... Um, you can't... What was it? You can't... Well, I, was, I just lost my train of thought. So you, what do you expect Apple to do at this point? You, you Obviously, China... Uh, Apple has gone out of their way. A lot of companies have gone out of their way to diversify the market so that they're not only producing stuff in China, they're producing stuff in India, in Taiwan, in Europe, or in South America, or in Africa, any other places so that they're not beholden to just one country. So in India is one of those countries. So you have the whole, there's so much other shit involved with it. So as much as I shit on Apple, I'm not going to trash on them for this one because there's just a lot involved here. But obviously, if they don't do anything about it and they don't look into it and follow up on it accordingly, as much as they can, of course, because obviously they should have stuff in their contract. Like, for example, if they were hunting for diamonds, if Apple was a diamond trading company, and then they found out that the people they were contracting with, the mining companies, because you have, like, for example, there's gold. You can buy gold on the stock market. But then there are gold mining companies like Yumana Gold or Barracks. I think it's Barracks. If a, com a company like Jared, like a Jared Jewelry, said, okay, we need, we need gold. Let's buy, we'll buy, get a contract from this company to buy those gold, to buy this gold or buy these diamonds. Well, if they were, what if it was just like, they found out that uh, the, these these mining companies were just sending kids in there with dynamite to blow that shit up. Well, it wouldn't go over too well in the news. It'd be a PR nightmare. So they have to vet to make sure that these companies that they work with are in regulation. Okay? Otherwise, it's a PR nightmare for these companies and the shareholders, because most of these companies are publicly traded, they'll lose money. They'll lose a lot of money. Like, for example, Planet Fitness, shitty gym. Well, during the pandemic, when they closed down, like a lot of gyms did, they were still charging their fucking uh, members even when the gym was closed. And the only way for the member to cancel their membership was to, send, uh, was to show up in person. Well, you can't show up in person if the gym's closed. So what do you expect the member to do getting charged for a service that's not being provided. That is theft of services. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not. You cannot charge somebody for a service you don't provide. That's theft of services. Um, there are, and that is not, and PR-wise, even if there was something legally binding in the contract, that's a fucking nightmare that you do not want on your doorstep as a company. So, and because of that, Planet Fitness, uh, their shares dipped in when they were, I mean, their shares dipped. I think eventually they'll recover, maybe, but the amount of money they have to use just to keep their gym sanitary, the fact that they're a shitty gym, the fact that they, uh, you have to show up in person to cancel your membership. And right now people just don't want to go to the gym and it's Planet Fitness too. It's Planet Fitness. It's not like it's the ultimate uh, pump you up motivating gym. It's a place that fucking hands out pizza twice a month. So what do you expect? But you have to know your sources uh, as a company when you do third party or you have a company that makes your processors or makes your iPhones or mines your gold. You got to know. 
you got to know what is uh, you got to know who you're dealing with first before you make the decision. But when it comes to Apple, they're not really at fault here. There are other things that I can that I can shit on them for, but this isn't one of them. So, like for example, if I found out like when I make peanut butter, I buy like when I buy peanuts, I buy peanuts from a specific company. If I found out that Argentina, they're they were mining their peanut or, or farming their peanuts in such a way that was so egregious, well. I would have to consider greatly about whether or not I would utilize that product anymore from that source. You do. Once you realize the uh, what's behind the scenes, it makes you question it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan of factory farming, but I do need my, I do need my meat. So you have to make these, and I would like to see improvements there. However, you don't see me going to McDonald's. You don't see me going to Wendy's. You don't see me going to Burger King. You don't see me ordering fast food because I only think that's making the problem worse. So I have to, and it's also a giant waste of money and it's horrible for your nutrition standards. So just saying like for the most part, there are limits to what you can do in order to demand a better product. And one thing's for certain right now with things like this happening where um, iPhone is investigating it and looking into it. Well, there are stipulations maybe in their contract where if they treat their employees like shit, they can cancel the, they can void the contract and back out. Or when the contract's up, they can just move their factory to another location. And it wouldn't mean shit to Apple. $7 million in damages is an absolute write-off to Apple. And right now, Apple's got other problems, such as the Fortnite and the iTunes store thing and the fact that Facebook is coming for them. So all these things considered, uh, especially in India, India needs the American economy. India needs the American economy more than ever. So if they're not getting iPhone orders, if Apple's not getting enough orders, then that's the end of that. So. We're at 35 minutes. Uh, do I want to continue selling legit? Let's see. So, so we covered selling Legos online, side hustles, uh, what happened with the iPhone manufacturer. Uh, we should definitely go and get to, uh, let's see. I actually want to go ahead and get right to the Q&A. So let's go ahead and just get right to that. Let's see here. I just got to check this. Tech. Also, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Uh, you just hit the, just go to, or you can go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact button. And then there's a, there's a, there's a cash app link there, the affiliate link. There is a Robinhood link there. If you want to get in the stock market and stuff, if you want to just straight donate to the podcast, positivesarcasm.com, uh, you just click on the donate button there as well, or just positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Posing music, question, concerns, comments, um, you can just email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com, or you can go through my website as well. So anyways, let's go ahead and get some Q&A. Uh, these fucking ass, I'm going to tell you right now, wearing these aviators right now, I cannot see that well, but whatever, anything. Okay, first one. How can I get my dad's choice Okay, how can I get over my dad's choice to date a 19-year-old I went to high school with? I'm really uncomfortable about my father's new relationship. He's 50 and dating a girl who isn't 19, only two years older than I am. She went to my high school. I think their age difference is disgusting. He knows how I feel about it, and he doesn't care. We fought, and I told him I wouldn't talk to him anymore. I would rather live with my mom full-time than spend half my time at his house. I haven't spoken to him uh, or seen him 
in more than a month, and I am hurt that he would choose his girlfriend over me. My father and I were never super close, but we had a decent relationship. I looked up to him. Without him in my life, I feel like something is missing. I have tried to get over how I feel to force my, and force myself to accept the situation, regardless of how uncomfortable it makes me feel. But I just can't. I have lost respect for him. I feel like he is a pervert. How can I take his parental advice seriously or listen when he tries to discipline me when he is dating someone my age? It makes me wonder if he treats his girlfriend like his daughter and tries to parent her too, which is just creepy. What can I do to feel better? Ooh. Well, look. Everybody in this situation, legally, is an adult. She's an adult. You're an adult. And he's an adult. Legally, at least. I mean, mentally, you're both fucking midgets, but still. Um, There's nothing you can do about it. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Eventually, well, I'm I'm guessing that this situation will run its course at some point. Sometimes these things bloom and turn to something wonderful, quote, wonderful. But I think this thing will eventually run its course, and that'll be the end of that. As far as the girl who's dating a 50-year-old, uh, I would assume that there is something there mentally maybe her dad wasn't there i would think right now that you would have to let it run its course you're 19 you don't have to take your dad's advice but you're gonna have to find a way to get over it you're gonna have to find a way to get over it and you're gonna have to understand that me I, I don't i don't know as far as how he acts towards you yeah he's not super close but i mean it, he's a guy she's a girl and you're his daughter and i guess that's that what do you if this is the one thing that's going to fucking wreck you for the rest of your life, you've got a lot more disappointment coming in, and it's going to be even worse than this. So I suggest to you that however weird this makes you feel, you're an adult. You have other more important things to be focusing on. This is one of the things that I've been talking about the whole time. People are so focused on friends issues and family issues and celebrity issues and other issues that stop you from getting to the finish line of life. And this is one of those things that can sidetrack you and screw you up psychologically, but a lot of things are going to screw you up in life psychologically. So you just need to learn to get the fuck over it or learn how to process it and just know that maybe you could have done it a different way and that's it. I mean, I don't know what else to tell. This is one of those things. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just this is life. Life is weird and you're not the one dating her and that's it. Just get over it, I guess. His relationship is probably not going to last. And that's it. Maybe your dad's a good looking dude. I don't know. Maybe he looks like George Clooney. So what's the, I'll just move on to the next one. I'm not really, I really don't have a huge answer for that one. Just fucking move on. Should I have, should I have kids just to prove I can be a better parent than my ex-wife? No. My wife and I were married for a decade and always talked about having kids. I never felt ready, and we were on a tight budget, and I figured it would come together eventually. In 2015, when she was 38 and I was 40, I was divorced after a kid ultimatum. Fast forward to today, we were both remarried, and she has two kids. I try to stay cordial because we have mutual friends, but I just found out she has a nanny. After her, all her claims that she could make childcare work on our small budget, she's using the most expensive option. 
and all her conversations with our mutual friends about finding parenting to be incredibly fulfilling most times are lies. She's not even the one uh, raising these kids if the nanny has them all day when she's at work. I'm so angry at her, and I feel like every time I have to hear about her kids, I get angrier. This is made w this is made worse by the fact that I didn't want to have kids. Ultimatum again. So I have married a woman who doesn't want them, but now I feel like I'm having a kid about having a kid every time I see pictures of her at, of my ex toddlers on social media. I can't uh, tell whether it's real or out of jealousy. Number one, you should get off social media or not attach yourself to that form of social media where you're not looking at everybody's kids. What the fuck are you doing looking at people's kids on social media? What are you retarded? The um, other fact is, if you don't want to have kids, don't have kid, don't have a child, don't have an actual. Don't bring a heartbeat into this world just to spite somebody else. What are you, stupid? The fact that you, she has, okay, she has a nanny. Okay, she has a full-time job. Are you paying for the nanny? If you're not paying for the nanny, if you're not paying for child support or alimony, then don't fucking worry about it. If you are, then it's an issue. Then you bring it up to them. Other than that, you don't need to be involved in this. This is not a concern of yours. These aren't your kids. This isn't your problem. Why is everybody so focused on everybody else's lives and everybody else's stuff? How are you making somebody else's choices your problem? That doesn't make any sense to me. Focus on your own shit. What does it matter to you? You married a chick who doesn't want to have kids. Focus on her. Focus on her health, her wellness, her need, and you'll be a much better person for it. But the fact that you would suggest that you would want to uh, knock this woman up who doesn't want to have kids... Just to spite your ex is fucking stupid. There are plenty of ways to do things just to spite your ex. Believe me, I'm well aware of this. I have strategies for that. But this is not the way to do it. Do not knock somebody else up just to spite somebody else. You're bringing somebody else's, you're bringing a new person into the world out of anger. And that is a terrible plan, is a terrible decision. Terrible. Maybe this is why I kind of um, this, this is one of the reasons I'm probably leaning more towards pro-choice is because how dare you consider that this is an option? This is not an option. And I hope to Christ that your new wife is not made aware of this. So what should you do? Drop the whole thing altogether. This is not a battle you should be taking up arms for. It's not even a battle to begin with. If she's a shitty parent, guess what? Get in fucking line. There's a million shitty parents out there. You don't need to be one of them. That'll just make you another shitty parent. She also works for a living. Okay? And yeah, maybe she will admit that it wasn't, uh, she couldn't do as much as she hoped for. But let her just manage her own kids. You don't need to be one-upping everybody every single freaking time, especially your ex-wife. She's your ex for a reason. So be done with it and move on with your day. And be happy that you're with somebody who has the same ideals, supposedly, as you do. Let's move on to the next one. How can I make the Twitch streamer I'm in love with love me back? Back in 2019, I joined a Twitch channel to help develop my skill at a certain VR game and ended up sticking around with uh, that channel up until now. The person doing the streaming is an absolute sweetheart of a girl and helped me with a ton in my life. Her small acts of kindness and gen genuine acceptance of my person gave me back my self-love, my self-worth, and managed to get me out of a very long depression. Well, that's good. 
I'm sure you can see where this is going. I started to have feelings. So boy, I started to have feelings towards her. I tried to approach her for a potential long distance relationship, but it didn't end very well. She said she wasn't ready, and that she's a physic that she that she's a physical person, and a distance relationship was not possible for her. I then spoke about it to someone else, and it got her really angry about the whole situation. But we managed to get over it and move on from it. Now here's the thing: the whole situation just showed me that it was more than just longing for a relation. I'm in totally in love with her. True level level. In fact, blah, blah, blah. I confessed these feelings to her at the end of November that I actually love, that I feel for her, not just the attraction. She repeated that she's not ready for a relationship. She does not feel that way for me either. Still, I did something really stupid and I pushed it. I asked her to give me a chance. I told her, um, you pushed it, dude. That actually gave me a burst into tears and she didn't want to hurt me, but don't really want a relationship. The whole unrequited love uh, made me several mental breakdowns in the following day i went into a heavy crime okay look look like you this is completely one-sided you need to stop everything that you're doing right now you cannot have this type of long distance relationship with somebody because then you're just toying with their feelings it's all about longing and not having that's not something worth pursuing and what are you gonna do pack up and move uh no, you can't do that either. You can't do that either unless there was an actual relationship that's built there to begin with. If there's a relationship uh, to there to begin with and then you move there, you have a shot. There's no relationship here. So you're actually packing up and moving there just makes you have to be a psycho. And it seems to me, I would just assume that you're pretty young. And if you're pretty young, that's this is not going to pan out well. You have to understand that your brain is still developing. You haven't fully, what do you call it? Your mind hasn't hardened yet. So you're not ready for... your Disappointment will hit you in a different way than it does somebody who's closer to my age. So you have to realize that this is... You are infatuated with somebody who got you out of a tough time, but maybe it wasn't as you picture it. Sometimes when you think, like, this person got me through a tough time, they did a lot for me, I really appreciate... Maybe it was you who did it. Maybe it was you who got you out of that tough time and that really, it was kind of your thing. You dug yourself out of that hole. Give yourself a little more credit that you're capable of doing things without needing somebody else. And that will take you even farther in life. People need to realize now it's up to them. It's completely up to them to take care of their own business. And when you are able, when the, the sooner you realize that you were able to get yourself and dig yourself out of your own mess and the quicker you will be able, be able to dig yourself out of your own mess. And then the sooner you dig yourself out of your own mess, the more you'll realize that you don't need ever anybody. And then you'll only have people in your life that you really appreciate. Look, I just like being around you. And there'll be no pressure to to force anything. Okay? There's, you'll be, you, there won't be any of that. It's better that, that you just act like a fucking adult. Or just act like somebody who's supposed to act your age. Just back up a little bit. Be less oppressive. If she asks about you, just be like, ah, just, you know, you just try to back away. Just try to back away and act more normal. This Twitch thing, this online relationship stuff, it's it's not it's not real. It's not real. It's simulated love. It's not going to work. There are some situations where you think, but you don't want to be, don't look on those one in a million opportunities. You also could be looking at this person so much that you're overlooking somebody else who's right nearby. So 
have to, you have to say to your, like, look, if you're young right now, you're investing a lot of time into this when you could be investing time into other things. You are not secure. If you're not secure emotionally, you're definitely not secure financially. So things are going to fall apart for you much quicker. So you need to, well, you need to, I don't know, read Jordan Peterson's book, 12 Rules for Life, and get your shit together and focus on that. And then see if where your path takes you. Right now, right now, everybody's forced online. But when this thing ends, however it ends, people are going to be going outside. They're going to stretch out. You may This person may just disappear from your life. So do yourself a favor and learn that one day you're going to have to pull the plug and that person's not going to be there. So, and yeah, you are obsessed. Like you can't live without this person. You can live without a lot of people in your life. You're going to learn that. Let's continue on. Oh dear. How, how can I forgive myself for pushing my girlfriend away because my parents called her trashy and overweight? Well, let's find out. My girlfriend and I broke up six months ago. My parents were always nice to her face, but behind her back, they constantly tell me she was trashy and overweight. I could do so much better. That got in my head because I love and respect them a lot. They've always done so much for me. I started picking at my girlfriend over little things my parents had pointed out about her. We had a lot of fights and she finally moved out. Oh, she moved out? Oh, and then she moved in. Okay. My parents were really happy and fixed me up with a friend's daughter right away. Every few weeks, I'd text my ex just to chat. To, uh, just a tat. Testing the waters about getting back together. She never seemed interested, but didn't shut the door either. She's with another guy now and in love with him. Well, there's the end of that. I blew it. I really loved her and I'll never get her back. I wanted to accept that I screwed up and move on, but I can't forgive myself for being so weak and stupid. I've lost interest in socializing with other women. Seem to be so dull and lifeless compared to my ex. I'm also angry at my parents, but mainly at myself. How do you forgive yourself for being a major idiot? I do it every freaking day. You have to understand that um, this chick right now, that she, she is most likely going to become one of those bikini model chicks. She's going to get she's gonna get in shape. She's going to get super awesome. She's going to be super sexy. And you're going to be like, shit, because you were the one. You were the one that did it. So, and maybe, I don't know if your parents are right. Maybe your parents are right for saying so. But, yeah, you picked at her to the point where, you know, it is what it is, but you have to accept the fact that you are a major idiot and you can only get smarter from there. You can only go from there. Once you hit rock bottom and you accept your stupidity at a nominal level, you can then eventually learn where listening to your parents isn't always the smartest decision because if your parents were so smart, they wouldn't have had you. So take into account the fact that you were a mistake and now you have to capitalize on the fact that, well, you exist now, so you might as well make something of yourself and move on from there. Um, were your parents right or wrong? I don't know because I'm only seeing one side of this story. And if you think you were an idiot, well, accept it for what it is and move on from there. And if she's with somebody else and she's really in love, seemingly because we don't know Instagram love is not the same, you have to understand just go on with your day, work on yourself, and then go from there. Do not text an, another thing. You should not be texting her while she's with somebody else. Don't text her at all. At all. Focus on you and go from there. You do not, it's not appropriate to be texting somebody else's uh, love while 
Yeah, just period. That's it. If they're with somebody else, you don't covet them. That's it. Move on with your day. And don't be diving into her DMs if it, if it happens to fall apart either. Okay? Because you won't be the only one. So let's move on to the next one. What is the best way to shame my neighbors for objecting to my habit of parking in front of their house? <laughs> I want to write the perfect letter letting my neighbors know how stupid and how petty they are. This time of year, I have a large Christmas light display that has lights and the lights dance to the music. For the past six years, I have parked my car in front of the next door neighbor's house during the light show. I am not blocking any driveways and I'm not in anyone's way. I do this as a light show, making me be seen, blah, blah, blah. I have two neighbors, these the two neighbors two different households, have said that they don't want me to park there. I recently learned that the HOA laws say that when residents can park in their own garage, okay, say that when residents can park in their own garage or driveway, they are required to do so. The first time I was alerted there was a problem was in the neighbor left a rude note on their window, park in front of your own house. I responded by leaving a note on my car window saying, Merry Christmas, I've been parking here for the past six years. No one ever said anything about it. I am not in your way, and I am not blocking any driveway. I'm only parked here due to the Christmas light show in my yard. We only park here a few hours a day. My parking here does not cause you any harm. Happy holidays. While I was at work, the neighbor moved her car and parked on the... Oh, my God. This is such pity-patty bullshit. Um, I don't, I, dude, I don't know what to fucking tell you. What do you want to do? Do you want to move out? I get it. You got a really pretty display. Congratulations. I don't know what else to tell you in this situation. Do you want to move out of your HOA and go find another spot? Homeowners, so yeah, I get it. You're in one of those com little communities uh, that has specific rules. Like, for example, if you own a full-size house inside of an HOA, it's basically just a condo because your your driveway has to look a certain way. You have to park in a certain way. You're, you pay fees and you pay dues for people to come into that neighborhood and clean shit up. You basically live in a condo. You, ba you do. You, if you're in an HOA, you're in a condo association, which means there are rules and regulations. If you don't like it, you move out of the condo association. That's all I have. That's pretty much it. You don't have a choice in the matter unless you have a garage or you can park in the driveway. It's really, uh, it's really out of your hands. It's really out of your hands at this point. And this this letter on top of car stuff is fucking stupid. It's such childish petty bullshit. It really is. And this is just, it's, it's just driving me nuts the fact that there are so many idiots. There are so many idiots right now with all this freaking notes on, on cars. And, and it's just people looking for conflict right now. People are looking for conflict. Your neighbors suck. A lot of the times in a condo association, you have shitty neighbors. My, fa you know, my advice to you, buy in a more expensive neighborhood so you don't have to put up with stupid neighbors. Uh... Final, let's just do this one and get out of here. May I give my employees Bibles for Christmas? I have a question about Christmas gifts from the boss to employees. It is, it, is it inappropriate to give a Bible to each person in my office? I also want to engrave it with their names on it. Um, it can, <sighs> Don't do it. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I mean, it's your office. You can design it any way you want. But if you wanted to give somebody a Bible for Christmas, they I mean, I guess you could, but they're going to reject it. 
don't do it. it if you're you're trying to push ideology on top of somebody and it's just not a good idea so flat out just don't do it it's not worth your time and effort if you want to say merry christmas to him that's different but if you're giving somebody a physical gift of christ i don't know if it's going to go over well okay especially this year when i don't know if god did anybody any favors except for me he did he did me okay uh, until then, uh, I think we're done for today. 57 minutes and I can't see shit. Uh, okay. So yeah, uh, I hope you guys, uh, are doing well this holiday season, regardless of the pandemic, regardless of everything that's going on. I'll have more official announcements to come in the meantime. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on parlor and you can find me on TikTok. You can also find me on YouTube, positive sarcasm, positive sarcasm podcast. And of course you'll also, uh, airing twice a week on, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in podcast, addict, anywhere podcasts are available. Like subscribe, share, uh, I'm never wearing sunglasses on this podcast again. Uh, but until then, you could like, subscribe, share. I really appreciate you guys. Uh, I will talk to you all on Sunday. Uh, are we done here? Yeah, we're done. All right. Anyways, thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I will talk to you all next week. Recorded here in the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a positive sarcasm presentation. <laughs>
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.